Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. First touchdown of the year. Miami Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name. Already, it's Merced. Ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. You see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of hurricane. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. Let's go Canes. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Let's uh let's jump around and pimp down already. What up, what up, what up? Everybody, this is um, this is an exciting show because <laughs> it's March Madness. Uh, Miami Hurricanes. In case you were living under a rock, the Miami Hurricanes basketball team um, has made it to the Final Four. And Unbelievable! Play, Unbelievable! They play in the Final Four. That is the world's greatest uh, tournament. Uh, really, it, it really is the, the the one of the best tournaments, if not the best, in all of sports. I mean, March Madness is is unbelievable. This year was absolutely the best. Crazy. I would say crazy. Um, it's 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 funny. It's it's part of the only sporting event where they got the tournament format so correct that it just doesn't matter what. Like the format itself is what dictates like the excitement. It is um, so awesome, man! And like every year now, it's like, all right, a five's gonna, a twelve's gonna be the five, or a fourteen's gonna be a three, or a thirteen's gonna be a four. I mean, or a sixteen's gonna be the one. It's gonna happen now, and it's just so crazy that we can say that. And it's easy because college, first of all, <clears throat> college basketball is not the same that it was. 10, five, five, 10 years ago at all, right? Like the landscape of college basketball has changed so much that um, the I'll be honest with you, the only thing I look forward to is March Madness because of the excitement of the games, right? The actual, the, the regular season, you know, it, it's okay, man. But with everything that's going on with players going to the G League, with NIL, with the one and done, and now they may change it so that they don't even have to, they can go straight to, straight to the pros again now. Uh, all, all this stuff, Kind of ruins the excitement of having like a four-year guy, like a, you know, be around the program for you know for multiple years, and and the team being this absolute juggernaut, and and ten teams being that good. Um, now the, the the playing field to me is a little more evened out because you go once you go one year, you ball out at wherever it is that you are. You can go to the G League, go to the NBA, and you'll make some money there, right? And the, the only thing that I think might save it, believe it or not, I think is the NIL. So I don't know what's going to happen, but the point is, who cares? Miami's in the Final Four. That's it. Now they face now they face one of the um, most prolific uh, 
programs in, in, in college basketball history in the University of Connecticut, UConn. Uh, they face them on Saturday night over in Houston. Bish will be at the game. Um, please make sure you're there on time. Bish. Uh, <laughs> As if I'd show up late, man. You know, with the traffic and everything. Make sure you're there on time. It's um, the second game. If anything, I'll just miss, like, part of FAU San Diego State. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, uh, it's going to be fun. I, you know, I want to hear how you guys feel about this team, you know, doing what they've done in the tournament. And I, I think it's exciting. I think that, look, we've, we've said it before. When this team is playing well, they can be they can be the best team in the country. They can beat anybody. And they're, they're showing you that they're doing that right now. Right now they are, you know, obviously they are one of the top teams in the country. But if you look at the way they're playing, you can, you can say match them up against anybody and they can beat them. DJ, what are your thoughts on 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 this University of Miami men's team and, and what they've what they've done so far? And look, I, I feel like they've played the hardest the hardest schedule as well. So they definitely have. And you talk about March Madness and why it's so exciting. I mean, this Miami Hurricanes team is so much fun to follow. They have Nigel Pack, tremendous scorers. They are gritty. They play tough. And then on that same token, you have a coach in Jim Laranega who is very calm, very steadfast, and yet he produces results. And so, you know, when you talk about March Madness and how much fun it is still and all the upsets and things like that, there's also tremendous storylines to follow each year. And this year, the Miami Hurricanes are one of them. Yep. Uh, Blue, like last year we had – you know, the prototypical, you know, we had the Blue Bloods, right? We had uh, Kansas and Duke and North Carolina and Villanova. That was your final four last year. This year, you've got one Blue Blood, right? UConn, obviously, uh, like I said, you know, one of those, uh, you know, big-time programs in college basketball. Um, but now you're talking about, you know, FAU, San Diego State, Miami. People that you're not, you know, teams and names that you're not used to hearing but the reality is, and Vish, you mentioned this, and I'm going to take it from you on Twitter, but you mentioned this, like three of those four teams are conference champs. And FAU is a 30, at this point, 34, 35 win team now, right? They won 31 games in the regular season, three losses only. San Diego State has been pretty good, actually, recent in recent times, right? Obviously, no last 15 years, they've been one of the, because yeah, I, Take it from me, uh, my alma mater's in the same uh, conference as they are. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You know, they're the fighting Kawhi Leonard's, but don't forget it. Don't get it twisted. The leading, the the leader in assists in San Diego State University history is Blue Tellum. Leading uh, assist leader in San Diego? What, Tony Gwynn? Tony Uh, Gwynn. (laughs) Tony Gwynn is the leading assist guy. For San Diego State University, all right. So there's a bit of a there's a bit of um, history there with that with that program. Really good team. Yeah, they just as well, good a Final Four as any. Well, it all started when Fisher came from Michigan and he started that ball rolling. And uh, the coach now is his protege, and he was his assistant. And they've kind of just kept it going. And uh, you know, I mean, no one's gonna other than UCLA. No one's gonna you know, mistake a California team for a powerhouse in basketball. And uh, they've kind of slid under the radar and uh, well coached. Uh, they And the great thing is, you know, as we kind of transition to Miami, everybody has true centers, true forwards and true guards, but Miami. Miami's tallest player is what, six, five and a half, six, six. And 
uh, and you got San Diego State with their 611, 69, 67 across the front. Uh, FAU 71, 610, 68 across the front. And Yukon's um, uh, uh, got a 62, uh, 611 guy. So uh, that's the best thing because Miami is, and, and they pointed it out in the, in the game, the, the most athletic team that's left i mean they are i mean they've been i mean they, they they're fast they're, they're you know i mean and you look at like a nigel pack who kind of you know in one of the games he didn't really do a lot and then he comes back and he was unconscious and uh you know i mean it's just you don't know who's going to star for and uh but you you hit it right on the the head uh jim laranega i mean what a it, it's just he defies the entire logic I mean, here's a guy in his middle seventies, but yet, I mean, he's, you know, he's, I mean, he's doing the gritty. He's doing it. I mean, he's, he's really good. I mean, he's really good for the program. He loves the kids. The kids love them and, and him and respect. And I'm sure he could be tough in practice, but you know what? Uh, he, it, this program has such a great chemistry. That's the whole thing. You know, you have a lot of these programs that are a lot of individual players. I mean, you look back, Vish, over the last, what, seven, eight, nine years, and you look at a Kentucky team or one of the, that they're one and done. What kind of chemistry can you have? But Miami's got dudes that have been around. And I think that in this NIL deal may enhance that because I think if you could lure kids to stay around for three years, yeah, maybe even four. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, you're right. The, the landscape of basketball has changed, but in a good way. I mean, I think people were kind of tired of seeing Kansas and the same, you know, teams and Gonzaga getting there and, and blowing it all the time. So I love it. I mean, I love, I love the four teams that are in it. And uh, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a great Saturday. And um Hopefully for us, it'll be a, a real good Monday, uh, next Monday, a week from uh, Monday. And uh, wow, or next Monday. Yeah, yeah not even a week. From, and uh, yeah, I think it's all, I think it's really been a good thing. And, you know, I mean, as someone who grew up down here and used to go to the games uh, back in the 70s and, uh, and before they dropped basketball and the irony of, I was at the last game when they dropped basketball, last game against Jacksonville University, who was a beast back then with Pembroke Burroughs and, you know, all those guys, Artis Gilmore played with the, uh, with the Bulls. And then uh, when they came back with Foster and uh, in 85, I had an opportunity to come to the first game at the James L. Knight Center. And it was uh, – and you think to yourself, you sit there and you watch all those teams like UCLA and, and getting there and you go, there's no way Miami will ever get there. You know, it's just no way. They're not a basketball area. They don't have, you know, you have Perry Clark and you have guys like that who are just, but I'll tell you what, it just, the other day when they finally went to the final four, I had a little tear in my eyes because, you know, you, you get to that point where you followed them so many years and, you know, you figure this will never happen. And um, it has. And uh, uh, you got to be happy, you know, for not only this team, but the other teams that failed to get here that, you know, had some pretty good talent and guys who kind of kept the, you know, the, the, the fire burning. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the school. The school needed some positives and uh, they're certainly getting it now, you know, I mean, and, and uh, as you mentioned, football is, 
is, uh, you know, really turn the or starting to turn the corner in another year or two, they're going to be in this situation where they're going to be one of the final four type of teams. So, yeah, a lot to be happy about. This, I mean, this is, um, this is all you, brother. I mean, how, I mean, the road from the beginning yeah. of the season to now is just, uh, it's something that I know you take a lot of pride in talking about and a lot of pride in, in, in being a part of, but uh, it's been, it's been an amazing, amazing ride and we still got two more to go, right? Like what's, what's your thoughts on this, this program as a whole and how they've been, and, and of course, how they've been playing in this tournament as well. Yeah. And just real quick. Yeah. The MLB player. Yeah. The MLB player. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Tony Gwynn. Um, not his, not his son, him. Yeah, yeah him. Yeah, go. Yeah, look, yeah. look it up. What an athlete. Um, and uh, yeah. drafted too by three sports. Yeah, no, he's a ridiculous athlete. Um, but you know, probably the best like pure hitter, if not the best, definitely top yeah. five in oh, baseball. Yeah. So he picked the right one, but he actually could have gone pro in multiple sports. Um, yeah, the I mean, it's been an incredible season and. You know, it's one – it's very different from last year. Because remember, last year they got almost this far. In fact, up at the half against Kansas yep. when the bottom fell out. Like, they were yeah. half away from being here. But last year, like, the season started really poorly. Um, you know, by, by December, they were almost out of it. That's how they ended up with the 10 seed despite, like, winning most of the games in the back half of the season. Um, so it started poorly. And you get into the tournament, like, they're not favored in the first game, right? They're a 10 seed, and they kind of – you know, had a good matchup with Auburn and blew them out and, was, and then got Iowa State, who was actually the 11 seed. Yeah. Right? And so all of a sudden they're in the Elite Eight and it felt like, wow, what a great run. Not necessarily a great team. This year was totally different. I think from the go, this team, they, they used that as a springboard. And you could just tell from the beginning, all right, this team is special. This is this is a different thing we're seeing than, you know, some of the other teams Blue mentioned that, that were good. Um but kind of came out of nowhere and where you knew their ceiling was sweet 16. Like a good example is like that team with Sheldon McClellan and, and Angel Rodriguez. Like that team was really good. They were a three seed. When they took that court in the sweet 16 against Villanova, the better team showed themselves very quickly. And that <laughs> yeah. game was, that game was over and Villanova went on to win the championship. Like that team was awesome, but yeah. there was a step there. And that's always been the case. The only team that Miami really had that you felt could compete nationally was 2013 and and after the first games that went off the rails, Reggie Johnson got injured. Durant Scott broke his jaw. Shane Larkin got food poisoning. And they went and just played an awful game because they weren't healthy. Um, so that's always been a disappointment, like a what if thing. But even that season, you know, they were ranked 25th in January. Like it, it came out of nowhere. Like that team wasn't supposed to even make the tournament that year at the beginning of the year. And it came out of nowhere. This year, you coming off the Elite Eight. You know, you got Nigel Pack coming in. You got Norchad coming in. You're feeling like maybe, you know, this team could be build upon it. So it's been very different from the other good Hurricanes teams in that there were expectations coming in and they actually exceeded them. So, yeah, it's been it's been a fun season. I mean, they've only – they lost that game where they blew it to Pitt and then they obviously blew the Florida State game. But remember, I mean, this kind of got lost because of the way they lost the game. Nigel Pack didn't play in that game. Right. Um, and then they lost in the ACC tournament when – Norchak got injured in the first minute. Like it's been a long time since they've lost a game when they're healthy. And I think I think there's something to be said for winning games. I know everyone does the metrics and the numbers, and like Blue Blue said, I frankly can't remember who said this before the show or on the show, but you know, the big 12 talk about how tough it is. And you know, 
we, we talked a little bit about FAU being there. FAU only lost three games this year. Like they know how to win basketball games. You get there at the end of the and they're coached think, really well too. They're, they're coached yeah. really well. They're coached really well, but they get in and they're they're talented too. They're a really yeah. good team. But then you get into these tight games against a team like Kansas State, who's a good team, but they've lost quite a few games. But they they're ranked at the three seed because they're in the big they're in the they're in the big the Big Twelve, and everyone in the Big Twelve is like a quad one school and all. So I'm telling you, when you get into those push, same thing we did the Texas, right? You get into this push and shove stuff. Teams that are not used to losing games execute better. Um, right. And and you saw that with FA, you saw that with us against Texas. Like we. That we don't lose games. We've lost seven, I think, on the whole year. So, and and it's been a long time since we've lost a game with a healthy team out there, and and that shows up in these moments. But yeah, no, I I identified this this team as special a while back, which is why I ended up going to all these games. Like I planned ahead for it, made sure I didn't have any commitments at work that I had to be there in person. Like I I scheduled around the first the the first two weekends, and then knowing this one was a Saturday, I was like, I can make this work. Um, yeah. So, so that, but yeah, like I, I mean, last year I did go to the elite eight game in Chicago at like the last minute. Um, but that was the, this is the first time I'm actually like, I'm going to follow this team. Cause I think there's something special there. Sure. Um, and it's paid off so far. We've got two more games left to win, um, but so far it's paying off. I want to yeah. get your take on this UConn game right off the bat. We'll go back around to you because, you know, I know Blue mentioned a little off air. This is a tough team. This is probably the hottest team. And um, I would say the, the <laughs> three of the hottest teams in the country have been Texas, Miami, and UConn, right? We just faced Texas. All right. Uh, tough game, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, we came out on top on that one. Now you're facing another tough team in UConn who potentially could be playing the best basketball out of anybody in the country. Aside from Miami, really, right? So it's th- those two teams have been playing outstanding basketball. It's a bigger team. It's a tougher team, I think, possibly than than a team like Texas. But uh, they're beatable. They've got nine. They what? They've lost nine games this year, I think. Uh, it's a beatable team. They've got some tough players. Sanogu is is a really good player. Uh, their backcourt is is strong as well. Um, so it's it's going to be tough, right? What do you see? in you know this matchup and how Miami could really neutralize a guy like Sanogu and you know contain him to a certain to a certain degree and be able to come out on top of this game. Yeah, well I think well I think UConn's an interesting team because they've as Blue said before we kind of got on air and I think everyone's been saying really all week that they've been just killing people. Um but I I actually so randomly they were also in Albany, <laughs> so I saw them play in person like a couple of weeks ago. They look impressive. They're like one of those, you know. They say that looks like a team getting off the bus. They definitely have that vibe to them. But they've also been, in contrast to the Canes who played the 12 seed, the four seed, the one seed, and the two seed, they did beat some good teams. St. Mary's is a very good team. Gonzaga is a very good team. But those teams are also not athletic. Those were good matchups for them. And I think it exaggerated the gap. Like, I, I don't think they're actually nearly as good as they, they've shown. Not, not to say they're not good. Yeah. Um, but but it's a lot of basketball's matchups. Just like how, I mean, we're not, what, 15, 16 points better than Indiana. It's just a great matchup for them. We kicked their butt because it's like they couldn't, they couldn't do anything with what we do well. 
And UConn's had that in pretty much like the one team that like I'm curious if like Kansas hadn't lost to Arkansas, like what that game would have looked like. Um, because they were fortunate they ran into Arkansas there. Um and then I mean Gonzaga played one of the worst games I've ever seen that program play. Timmy got into foul trouble, like got his fourth foul like right at the beginning of the second half, and they just imploded. And part of that is credit to UConn. Sure. Sure. But like those matchups, like St. Mary's was I actually I saw that game. Actually, I sat down in my seat because it was the game right before we played Indiana as the game was like tied at the beginning of the second half. And then I just watched UConn just beat the crap out of them for 20 minutes because <laughs> that game was close at halftime. In fact, they were down by one to Iona at the half. And I think they were up by one to St. Mary's at the half. So the two games in Albany were close for a half. But I like sat down as they flipped the switch and really just it was the athleticism just overwhelmed them. So you're looking at looking at playing Miami. Miami's the most athletic team in this tournament. Like, that's not going to happen. And there's a huge adjustment that UConn's going to have to make um, to, to play that style. It's going to be – it's always it's, it's always the case with Miami, the push and pull. What what gives first? Because you mentioned Sunogo. I mean, let's just be real. Norchad's probably going to get in foul at some point. So then, you know, how does Miami defend that? Because Anthony Walker and AJ Casey have been very up and down, not just the season, but in this tournament against Houston – Anthony Walker was great. We were able to play him a lot of minutes because he was contributing. He made his three-pointer, although he still shouldn't have shot it. But but he was defending well. He was rebounding. He was running the lanes on the fast break because he's, he's the most athletic player on the team. He gets into trouble when he, he frankly, falls asleep on defense a lot, um, and he takes jumpers, and that's just not his game. Or he tries to, like, I'm going to take this guy one-on-one. No, it's all of his scoring should be off of someone else's action, right? And he was really good against Houston. He was a disaster against Texas. Um, and they and they coach L didn't play him in the second half, which went small, which by the way forced Texas's hand, and that's the thing, right? So, because Miami can play small, does how does how would UConn even handle that? Um, so there's there's a lot of like interesting matchups here. Their their power forward can't guard anyone. Is he going to really guard Jordan Miller? Like I don't know how UConn's going to defend either. So there's the fact that Miami has four ball handlers, um that can create their own shot and score makes them really hard to guard. And then even Norchad's very mobile for a big, like it, UConn's going to have trouble matching up to this a lot more so than they did in, in the previous. Now the other, the alternative is they're, they're actually as good as they looked in these games. And then it's just like a halftime. I'm like, man, I spent a lot of money to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, cause well, again, yeah, it's sure. so hard to get a read on them because they've had, Again, not bad teams, just good matchups for them. So it may be exaggerated how much better they looked. Um, but if they're actually like, I mean, if they're if they're actually twenty five points better than Gonzaga or whatever, yeah, we're we're in some trouble on, on Saturday. I don't believe them to be. Who, uh, Blue? I'll go to you on this. Who is who? If you had to pick a player, right, that had to step up in this game more than anybody else um, for Miami to win. Who are you looking at the most? There are a few, obviously. Isaiah Wong, definitely uh, his scoring and his leadership. And, and, and you know, you had mentioned uh, Sonogo, and obviously he's a great scorer. But between him and Klingon, they own the offensive 
glass. I mean, they, I'm telling you, every game I've watched them, that's been the downfall against Gonzaga. They just couldn't get the offensive rebounds, and they were. And listen, you cannot underestimate, you know, Hawkins, who's a great ball handler. He could shoot. And then Newton. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at guys like Hawkins, who has, I think he was leading the, the one of the tops five in the nation in three points, three pointers. So, and they got a well-balanced team. And, and, and so if Wong could set the tempo and, you know, kind of orchestrate the game, because I, I just think that I think Miami's going to, the, the matchup from them on the offensive side, trying to play defense against them will kind of dictate, you know, what goes on. And then they move the ball around. And as you mentioned, Sonogo can shoot and he gets it inside and Klingon's a big guy. And, um, yeah, so I, I would say Isaiah Wong because he sets a tempo. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, and, you know, he'll probably draw a lot more of the defense to him, and uh, that, that kind of opens up the floor. Yep, I agree. Uh, DJ, any, any any thoughts on just the game itself against UConn and, and you know, what you'd like to see or what you think uh, Miami's going to have to do to win this one? UConn likes to share the basketball. They like to move the basketball around, and you've all talked about Sunogu. I mean, his rebounding ability. He had 10 rebounds in UConn's last game. So I think they're just going to have to focus on staying in front of their man and also proper rotations. They can't be slow to close out on potential shooters, and they have to be active in the passing lanes with their hands because UConn is a team that is not afraid to share the basketball. So I think I think what I want to see from them is just strong defensive play, especially on the perimeter, and then active hands um, in the passing lanes because if they can – disrupt UConn's tempo and what they do best, which is what I thought they did well at certain points against Houston, then they'll be okay. I thought they played very well tempo-wise against Houston because they played more so towards a slower tempo that favored them. And if they can control the tempo again, then I think they'll be in good shape on Saturday. To me, this is this is a Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong game. Yep. I think... Uh, Sonogo and and, and Zumega and Klingon is gonna they're gonna get their points down 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 low. Uh Norchad's gonna he, I think he's still gonna be able to defend well, right? And get his rebounds because that's his game as well, right? Is to play down there with the big boys and and you know, most more more times than not, he 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 defends himself pretty well down there and he's pretty successful. So uh, you know, containment a little bit on those guys, but for me it's gonna have to be the game. It's gonna. Ha- they're gonna have to play lights out. Nigel Pagans, Isaiah Wong, gonna have to hit their shots. Play solid defense. Um, it's gonna be that game for, for. It's it's those two for me. They're gonna have to carry this team. There are a couple of things touched on. I, I totally agree with you, Jazz. This is not one of the. The Canes can get away with a lot because they have so many people that can score. That like you know Wong didn't show up against Drake and they won anyway. And then he's the best player on the court against Indiana. Like they need a, They need Wong and Pack to show up like they did against Houston. Like that's one of the reasons they beat the brakes off you. Know, like their two best players played. Like their two best players. Um, with that said, there's a couple of things DJ talked about. You know the defensive and the active hands. UConn turns the ball over a ton. Yeah. Miami's a good at forcing turnovers. It gets them out in transition. They score off of it. That's a key. And then Blue touched on the rebounds. UConn's one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And actually, one of the huge uh, hindsight, obviously a huge mistake um, Gonzaga made is. So Andre Jackson Jr. is is the kind of the playmaking guard on UConn, but he can't really shoot. So the uh, so so um, Gonzaga chose to hide Drew Timmy on him, and uh, 
basically sag off him to help on Sonogo. And I'll tell you what Jackson can do. He can rebound. So he just – no one's checking him out. He, he lived in the pain on the offensive glass. He did a bunch of back cutting too because he can certainly make a layup. And Sonogo, who's not a good passer, had like, what, eight or nine assists. His, his season high was four before that game. So they kind of screwed up their whole defensive coverages. But hopefully the Canes will look at that film and, and find a different way to cover it because, as Blue said, got to get bodies on people. I think the Canes have done a good job in this tournament of – team rebounding like you see Nigel Pack and stuff getting into the paint and grabbing rebounds um because Norchad will occupy one to two people like you said even if he doesn't get the rebound they have to account for him that's why it's important the guards dig in and, and and get get rebounds and they have been so far in the tournament but yeah if you UConn's whole team rebounds uh so they, they've got to check out big time there but I think also Texas Miami always plays that kind of trapping defense off screens and very aggressively Texas slice that up they are ready for it they quickly get it out of the trap rotate the ball open three make it like they completely eviscerated that um which is why when larinaga went small in the second half it slowed texas down a lot because then you can just switch everything instead of trapping they just started switching right and that that prevented them from getting all those open looks but texas was completely ready for it and just man they just they, they, they they killed it um yeah and and so We'll see what kind of a um, – obviously, UConn saw that tape. I'm sure they're they're thinking to do the same thing. Now, UConn, again, is a high turnover team. They're not as good of a passing team as Texas is. But, you know, that's that's problematic because Miami, especially when, when Norchad gets involved in screen and roll defense, he is not good at, like, hedging and recovering, and he's not good at kind of going under. He's really only good at, at, at trapping it, and that's why they trap so much. But Texas kind of – use that against them. So there'll be some interesting play there as well. That's what Coach L said, you know, after the game. He says, we're usually faster than our opponent. And he goes, I don't think we were faster than that. And, you know, he even said that. He goes, I, I don't know if the players will understand that. But he goes, I didn't think that they were as fast as they were. They got back quick. You know, they got it. So that's the one thing, too. I, I don't think UConn is anywhere near the – has the athletes, complete athletic team. I think Texas was one of the, one of the more athletic teams in the country. I mean, if you watch, I mean, they were a lot more athletic than Houston was. I mean, you, yeah. their speed, their team speed and – but uh, I think the people of Houston and the organizers of this game hates Miami because uh, they could have had Texas and they could have had Houston. And um, but listen, that's the way life. That's the way life goes. You know. Don't I mean, pick us, baby. Don't pick us. Yeah, don't pick us. But uh, yeah, I just I, I gotta say, with with five minutes left in that Drake game, don't pick us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, didn't feel very good I, I was thinking of Manny Diaz and his tackling dummy and like man we're right in there at this point we're in that zone and then they pulled the game out and kept winning yeah, that. But yeah. well, that was almost like one of the most ironically horrible marketing campaigns if they had if they had lost a Drake which yeah. they're very they very nearly did yeah well you know but that's the thing you were just talking about the games Miami played Vish uh, they showed the uh, ability to come off their back See, and that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of the teams that they, you know, they played probably haven't been able to do. Texas probably never got in a position where, you know, they got the momentum is sort of like I always looked at that game at that game as a marathon and they sprinted and they ran out of gas. And, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. But um, got to give props to the women, too. You know, I mean, uh, 
what a year, huh? Yeah. What a year. We should, we should definitely uh, elite eight for the women too. Unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing. And they fought yeah. hard against LSU. Oh yeah. They just couldn't get the ball to go in. Yeah. Thirty-one yeah. team, and, and that that was a hell of a game there too. I you know at first you think they were gonna get you know beaten up by LSU, but they hung in tight and they right. they they played well. They played well. LSU so. couldn't make a basket either, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it got it was going to make a basket in the first half. So. No. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, you get come on, elite eight. You know, like Katie Meyer said in the in the uh, post game, he goes, "I'm not gonna make excuses for this team, you know, because we, you know, we got to the lead eight. And he says, "That's, you know, that's and and they're another program. That's what's gonna help them, you know, down the down the line. When now people, when you know, they go recruiting and uh, you know, people go, "Hey, Miami, they're a pretty exciting team." Oh, yeah. John Ruiz pays good. <laughs> this is gonna change a lot of things for recruiting back for basketball wise i think for the boys and, and for the women and men both yeah so, um well that's it for for college basketball make sure you guys so check- I, I, w- I will say um recorded a show at seven with matt again well we did a deeper dive than we just did here into that in the we'll review texas deep dived into yukon um it's on the youtube feed this is my third show in a row. When I blog off this, I'll get it onto the podcast feed as well. So you'll have it in two places. Wow, look at you. That's a cool show, yeah. So make sure you guys yeah, check that out. Yeah, we went deep on the basketball. We'll be on the same network, so it'll be fun. Um, it's a, it's an 8.49 start on Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, that's the schedule time, obviously subject to the first yeah. game. It's 30 minutes after the first so game ends. Probably a 9 o'clock start or so. So make sure we're, wherever you are having dinner, make sure there's, there's TVs around. You know, You don't want to miss that one. Um, and if you you're not at dinner, you need, you need to be in exactly the same place you were. Yeah, for the last like, couple. Don't, of don't, games. don't mess with it. I am literally going the to, same food, everything. Oh, I, I'm going to be wearing. So, Albany was frozen, so I was dressed for it. And then Kansas City was a little bit warmer, but it was fine. So I wore the same exact crap. I wore the same thing. I game one. I wore the same thing. I wore to game one. Albany game two. The same thing. Now so look at the temperature in Houston. Really it's it's, it's in the 80s. Yeah. I yeah. still, I think yeah. I gotta suck one up and take one for the team. There you go. Like, Whatever I had a works. coat and everything, and I think I gotta with gloves. And I think I got, I, I think I gotta take them into the stadium. Like I, I think I gotta do this. Yeah, at least take them into the stadium. Don't no, worry. but I, I wasn't wearing them they during the take game. A no, 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 too. no, 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 no. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't wearing them during the game because it's oh, indoors, okay. right? So it's it's, yeah. it's fitting the mode. I'm just, I'm literally gonna carry like a jacket in there and throw it under my seat and not pick it up till the end of the game. Just, oh my god! But, but I, I gotta do it. Right? I can't. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll feel too guilty if I don't. Like, if oh. we lose, we lose. If we lose, I, I didn't do everything I could, you know, to get the vibe right. Did you have barbecue? I didn't even ask you. Oh, yeah, I did on Saturday. Yeah, nice. it was good. It was good. Saturday, I saw, like, all of Kansas City. So, that was that was That's my good. day to explore, yeah. Where'd you go to Arthur Bryant's? Where, which one did you I went go? To, like, to Gates. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, nice. fly into, I fly into Kansas City on Friday morning. So, I'll be able to enjoy uh, – uh, well, in July, not now, but I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Kansas City in July, so I'll fly right. in Saturday morning, so I'll be able to enjoy all of Saturday there, and then and then nice. Sunday. So um, I got the I got the Pinnacle tomorrow, the probably the best uh, opener in the history of baseball. <laughs> Scherzer and uh, Alcantara. I know that's going to be fun to watch. I'll be there, planted in my seat. That uh, nice, nice. Could be uh, yeah. could be uh, right, zero zero in the nineteenth inning. <laughs> forgot you're a Mets fan. Uh, yeah, but it'll be great. Oh, come on, man. You, you couldn't pick a better pitching matchup on opening day. Holy That's Christmas. The That's the truth. That's going to be fun. 
Uh, yeah, make sure you guys watch the game Our Saturday, Red Sox Saturday, tomorrow, Jess. Saturday night. Yeah, I know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about that here, right? Corey Kluber, baby. Lights out. Let's go. Um, uh, maybe five years ago. Not now. Yeah, I don't even know who they play. The Orioles? Is that who they play? The Orioles? Yeah, the Orioles at uh, 1.30, I think. Uh, How's the weather so, up there? Uh, it's pretty cold right now. But the I cold think... fish up there in D.C. also? No, it's warm here. Ah, okay. Yeah, you're a little bit further north. Great, so I'm the only one suffering. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. you could always tell how the weather is here by the my background with the fan going. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I see TJ during all of our summer shows, and he's got that thing like a propeller going. Yeah, he yeah. does. Oh, yeah. A little halo for him back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, All right, yeah. let's talk about Better Edge, Vish. Let's talk about Better Edge. This is a really cool um, app that you guys can use. Make sure you use the link. Better, it's betteredge.com slash five reasons uh, to get $20, uh, $23, which is cool, kind of cool. Uh, it, it's, it's a site that you bet against each other. You don't bet against the house, right? You actually bet against each other. It's kind of like a social marketplace. Um, how does that work there, Vish? Yeah, you basically you you propose. I mean, it's on the screen there, but uh, it's basically it is like it's a marketplace. Is right? what it says there, and it connects people that want to to bet. So bet against each other, right? Yeah, yeah. So you basically offer a bet up. Someone accepts it, and boom, there you go. You it's kind of like what you would do with your friends. Hey, I'll like if I tell you, hey, I'm gonna take the under on. Uh, I'm gonna take the uh, let's say uh, the Canes uh, over under on points they're gonna score in. in against UConn is 82 points. I say, all right, I'm going to take the over on the Canes. You can say, all right, I'll take the under. I'll take your bet. And then I'm going up against you on that, right, basically? Yeah, and it's 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 because it's a marketplace and because it's a big exchange, it's easy. to. So what it does is essentially you just – you place your bet on what you want. Right. And they'll just line you up with someone that placed the opposite bet. So if you took an over, they'll find someone that took the under, and that there you go. Gotcha. Um, so it's it's that simple. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a cool concept. Uh the marketplace again connects you and, and you do that. And we're also uh five reasons got some specials for the final four with the Florida heavy uh nature of it. So yeah, if you place a bet on or against, if you bet against the canes, don't talk to me ever again, but you will get a hundred dollar bonus if you win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, you place a bet on a on or against a Florida team, so that does include FAU, obviously. Uh there's a yeah. chance to win a hundred dollar bonus. And then uh yeah, there's also a free pick'em, so at least go in there and do that. Most correct wins 200, 200 bucks. So and pick the canes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, look, look, some things are more important than money. Like you can't, you'll never live with yourself. Like, what are you going to do with that money if you picked against your against your home school? I'll, I'll never pick against my team. I'll never bet bet my teams. Anymore. I mean, how do you even feel good about spending the money, man? The suffering yeah. you cause to get that money. No way. <laughs> how crazy would it be if if, if it's a UM FAU final? I, I was I was talking about this earlier. I don't want it. Um, it's too much pressure, <laughs> and and it's it's the pressure of how that school is viewed in South Florida, right. the commuter school on Glades Road, whatever, and how Miami is viewed, 
and the the implications of losing that game, right? All of that together with the fact that FIU, FAU is really good. <laughs> so it's not going to be like an easy game because normally like, hey, man, FAU, yeah, give me that crap. We're going to win easy. No, they've lost three yeah. games this year. They're really good. So really good. it's not even going to be like an easy game. It's just going to be like the name brand is easy. It's like the worst possible thing. that Could you imagine if the Canes beat UConn and lose to FAU? Like, you go, gee, you go through Indiana. Yeah, but FAU's beaten some pretty good No, teams, no, that, that's though. my point. That's my point. They could actually happen. But could you yeah. – I mean – well, talk, I won't. That's talk, uh, talk well. about talk about <laughs> ruining though. No, you, you like oh, Indiana, no problem. Houston, Texas, yeah. UConn, and then you go lose to FAU. Like it, I, it's too much pressure. It won't happen. Well, it won't happen. It, it won't. I don't think it would happen, but it's too much pressure. Give me San Diego State in the final. It right. also, yeah. Blue, it would also be a pretty cool old school football matchup between UM and San Diego State. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Marshall Falk and that whole game. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. To but watch. they um. Also, you know, it, it would be great for the fact that let them play and then open the season next year. How many how many fans would come to that game if FAU and Miami open the open the you know, play play at the uh, play downtown at the Wattsville <laughs> or in the Miami Heat arena, right? Uh, yeah, Heat. yeah, play where Miami Heat. I I'll tell you what though, if if you played that for the national title game and then came back and made that the first game of the season, holy Christmas. Yeah, well, I don't getting, think any. I, I think finally I would, get national interest. I, I would say eighty percent of FAU's players are going to be on different schools next <laughs> year, <laughs> including the coach. Yeah, and the coach, and the coach. Yeah, like, the, coach, the, the coach, coach may be coaching one of those blue bloods next yeah, year. They're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, it is open market on FAU. Oh, you can tell, man. like all the all the teams that got eliminated are in the crowd scout. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that guy. Oh yeah. Well, you remember uh, when Florida Gulf Coast had that year? Now that that what's his name's been going on his eleventh year at USC. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Enfield. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's finish off a couple minutes here with spring football. I know that practice is underway, as we mentioned last year, uh, last week. Excuse me. Um. And we've got the spring game in a couple weeks, right? Uh, it's fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, the fourteenth, uh, Friday night, seven thirty p.m. I will be there. Blue, will you be out there? I'll be there. Um, all right, awesome. I'll be there Saturday too. I'm gonna go for their practices Saturday. Oh, nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe I'll join you on Saturday for that practice. Yeah, uh, I'll be out there. But uh, I think it's, it's gonna be fun to watch. We're going to try to host a little bit of a, uh, you know, a dual a dual tailgate there for the for the spring game uh, to get some people out there and get some people excited about uh, Miami Hurricanes football. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird because look. There's still there's still a lot of players that aren't playing that aren't practicing right now because they're nursing injuries, getting ready, you know, haven't come in yet, so on and so forth. I want to take you guys around the horn here on this and kind of get your take on what. Uh, and we'll start off with you, uh, Vish, on this. What position are you most intrigued about in this spring, going leading up to spring, you know, to the spring game, and, and which one are you most, you know, like just. You really want to see something out of this specific position. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with one that might be a little bit of a surprise, but tight ends. Um, we got a new tight end coach, did some shuffling of the deck That's chairs right. there this week. And yeah. then, remember, Brantley transferred. I love, I love the, cha- the, the, the high. Yeah, I yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's a positive change. But, you know, shifting, this is during spring practice. It's like, what happened there? Um, and then uh, Brantley, remember, transferred right like late, very late, surprisingly. So I'm curious what's going on with that position, how we're planning on using them. 
you know, Arroyo, is he is he back healthy yet or is he uh, he's out, right? I think Skinner's playing, right? Skinner is your your tight end number one, and then <laughs> Riley Williams right behind him. Okay, yeah. So curious to see like what role they play in this offense. Cause I do think, you know, I think we'll run well actually Cam McCormick. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot the the old man. Um, <laughs> um I I think we will run more than than he did at than Dawson did at Houston, but I mean, I, he's not really a tight end guy, and we have all these tight ends, so I'm just curious to see how. I, I'm sure he'll find a way to use them and, and take yeah, advantage I think of the talent. That he's, uh, he's, he's actually involving them more. He's got some special sets for him. Yeah, so that, but that's what I'm curious to see, because yeah. naturally thinking you wouldn't really feel like there's a big role for a tight end in his offense, yet we have all these guys here still that are talented, so that, that's my answer. Because I, I, I think that's something you can kind of see from – because a lot of the spring games you know, spring practice, spring games all dumbed down for what we see. But, you know, even just like where they line up the tight end would be interesting. So. Well, I, I, I love what you mentioned there at the end, <laughs> about, you know, uh, it being kind of dumbed down. My thing, Blue, and I want to get your take on, on what, what you know, what position you're looking for, you know, looking forward to watching as well. But for me, I don't, I don't know how dumbed down this offense is going to be in spring practice because they've got to install a lot of stuff. It's a new yeah. offense. Yeah, uh, it's a new defense too. So I think on both sides of the football, you're going to see. I'm. I don't think you're going to see that they're not going to throw out the whole playbook out there. But I think you're going to see some things. You see a lot of it. Yeah, a lot more than last year. And they have to, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a new playbook. No doubt. Completely no doubt. different. I know that sometimes these concepts with this, you know, quote unquote air raid system is there might be a little bit easier to pick up for certain positions. For other positions, it's really complicated. Uh, you know. It's harder, you know. The wide receivers, I think, it's going to be, it's going to be really important. What what position yeah. are you interested in watching the most in spring football? Offensive you know, line, no doubt. Football. Offensive line, because of the fact that you got some new faces and young faces. And listening to Cohen the other day, he's, oh, blown, awesome, right? he's blown away by the young guys. He says, "Oh my gosh!" He goes, "Malagoa." He goes, "I." He says, "I talked to those guys, you know, since he's gotten there." Uh, he spent a lot of time with them, and uh, he says that he's, you know, because he was saying this is comparable, to, and this is a guy who played at Alabama. He says this is comparable to what I've been used to the last three, four years. So that's pretty high praise. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how those young guys and how Rivers does, and I mean, you know, you you've got guys in there that. Uh, it's a new cast, and I think where you say they're going to dummy down things, not at the offensive line, because that's going to be so important because there's a lot of positions up for grabs, because especially when you have two freshmen that are going to push the veteran guys hard uh, and Lee, and you got some dudes, you know, this the whole complexion of that offense when the team changes because of what's happening up front, you know, I mean, it never did this ever mean more now where they go, everything, you know, is one up front. And I think when you take a look at what Miami's got on the offensive line, and this has been a sore subject for seven years, they just haven't had really good linemen. I don't think that's the case now. So I think we're going to see a lot of younger kids in there. Plus the mix, you'll see cone, you'll see all those guys. Because, like you said, Jazz, I mean, you know, you could dummy things down, but when you really need to see with new coordinators, uh, I think offensive line is going to be a place that they're going to need to start. Um, I think it's going to be – I think we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of the, the guys that, that uh, you know, just came in. and Because you hear the practice reports, uh, how the offensive line is just 
really, really been a big and pleasant surprise. Right now, the off of the line is uh, it looks like as far as the starting the starters are concerned. Right now, it's Jalen Rivers playing left tackle. You've got Javion Cohen at left guard. Matt Lee is your center. Your right guard is Anes Cooper, and then you have um, Francis Malgoa as your starting right tackle. Right. I think he's fighting with Matt McCoy, but McCoy is a little injured right now, so uh, nursing. I think it's a shoulder or whatnot. So I think it's going to end up between. It's going to end up a battle between. Um, Malgoa and McCoy, uh, which, by the way, if you guys remember, McCoy was getting ready to, to be a starter last year before he got injured and, and yeah. what what essentially was the whole season. So, um, And plus, you've got some depth. If Zion Nelson can finally get back from injury, uh, that would be great. You've got uh, uh, Samson, you know, Pancake, Okalola back there um, with your second string right now. Ryan Rodriguez is your second string center. Uh, Sangapolu, I think, is your right guard right now in that mix. And Michael McLaughlin is actually um, yeah, he's starting really- to do some stuff. It's about time because he's yeah. been there for like three years. No kidding. So uh, I think, uh, Blue, you make a good point. Depth there at that position is going to be interesting, but their starters look pretty solid right now. Yeah, yeah. DJ, your your thoughts on, on the spring game. You know, we mentioned, you know, not dumbing it down too much. Of course, they're not going to put everything out there, but – what side of the football do you want to see? Let's put it this way. We've talked about the offense a little bit. Obviously, the wide receivers, you know, are going to be, you know, it's going to hopefully it's going to be fun to watch. You want to see them really put it together, learn this offense and excel, right? Develop, get even better. You want to see Kobe Young, Jacoby George, uh, X, Brashard, Smith, uh, Frank Ladson. I think he might not play. He's probably still a little banged up. But you've got the Washington brother. Well, you got uh, Robbie, right? Robbie's the wide receiver, Blue? Yeah, yeah. Robbie, Robbie Washington. Uh, you got know, a bunch of guys there, a bunch of guys uh, that are now starting to come in. They're probably still looking for one more guy. So the wide receivers are going to be important. Talk about a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, what position you're interested in watching um, and what you think you can expect from them in the spring game. I'm interested to look at the linebacker position because, you know, I think there's a lot of good athletes. You know, there's Bobby Washington, Aguirre, you know, guys that are young that are going to come in and that are going to need to make an impact. Because the problem that Miami has had over the past couple of seasons, in my opinion, as far as the linebacker position, is the lack of depth and the lack of development at the position. We've had a few good linebackers, don't get me wrong, but... We need continued sustained depth at linebacker. So I, I, I kind of really want to see some of the younger guys step up. And, you know, I'm not expecting them to make, you know, a, a major impact right away, but at least get their foot in the door, so to speak, get their feet wet in order to kind of establish themselves in the linebacker room so that the coaches can feel comfortable about going to them in the future. It's all about building for good programs and having enough depth at positions and the linebacker position would be a good place to start if Miami wants to, you know, continue to get high quality talent and production out of their players. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about Francisco Malgo, the brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah a, lot of high, a lot of high praises and he's, he's, he just looks the part out there. He's athletic. He's strong. He's big six, three, two, I think it was 230 or 240 already. He's a big That's player. the size of a linebacker. That's a linebacker right there. Yeah. I thought you guys were going to mention Dylan Joyce, but that's okay. So. Dylan Joyce, the Aussie baby, Aussie, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie. You got the Australian Green Grand Prix this weekend too, so uh, oh. a nod to the to the Aussies over in uh, UM. I totally forgot about that guy. Man. Do they drive the other way? 
do they try? No. I know in Dubai or somewhere they race the other way in the horses. Yeah, they race. <laughs> I don't know. Vicious thinking about it over there, though. You got them thinking. <laughs> no, I just uh, I don't think I've ever seen like horse. Uh, yeah, uh, I just never realized that. Yeah, the horses always go clock. Right, clockwise. Clockwise. No, they go counter, right? Wait. Yeah, yes, counterclockwise. 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 Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that though? I mean, uh, I watched that one time, the racing from Dubai, and I go, wait a minute, (laughs) those horses are going to horse racing. (laughs) (laughs) Those horses are going to oncoming traffic. What the hell is going on? All right, definitely making history. If you want to talk about football, you're on the wrong channel, everybody. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, hopefully, look, we'll, we'll try to have a, a little bit of a practice report. Uh, Blue, maybe we can do something on Saturday and put it out there after practice. Yeah, yeah. I know we only get to see 20 minutes of it, 15, 20 minutes of it, but uh, uh, we might we might have some good stuff for you, uh, see what the quarterbacks are doing. The, you know, obviously, TVD continues to do his thing, but J- Jakari seems to be playing really well, and Emery has had his moments as well, uh, spinning the ball, so... We're excited to see what happens, uh, and hopefully we can get some more info coming at you soon on that and some recruiting news as well. Uh, any party shots from any of you? No, just go, go Kings. Go yeah, Kings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, like as if we like care about spring practice right now. But anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing to be perfectly honest. That's why we didn't do much of it. Right? I mean, we, we, I mean, it is, it is such a basketball thing right now. We didn't even really mention that Miami is playing FSU at home this weekend in baseball, which is one of the biggest. It is the biggest series of the year for the kids. Oh, Miami's playing FSU at home in baseball, guys. There we go. There we go. Yes, yes. So, all right, I mean, box okay. checked. That box check. There you go. Basketball is us taking over for the for the week here. So good luck to uh to the men's basketball team again. Yeah, bring home the championship, man. Two two wins away. Two wins away. Bring home the the. the, I wanted to say the Naismith, but it's not the Naismith. Uh, bring 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 home the championship, baby. Bring home the trophy. Let's go, Canes. Let's go, baby. Uh, we'll see you guys uh Monday on Playback TV though. Make sure you check it out, and uh, we'll 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 send something out on on Twitter as well. Uh, have a great night. Go Canes. Go yeah. Canes. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. Yeah, yeah. The Six Rings Kane Show. <laughs>